0: That day comes, and I find myself standing in the sun. I can only imagine when all I would do is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine, yeah. I can only imagine. forever forever worship you I can only imagine
1: we gather today to celebrate the life of William Brimmer known to most of us as Bill we gather to say our goodbyes to him and support the family, to show them our love and care because we all understand through experience that it's not easy, that it is most difficult to let go of someone that you love from this life. But I hope that we all can take comfort in the fact that Bill was a true, genuine, devoted, sincere believer in Jesus Christ and had accepted him years ago as his Lord and his Savior. And whenever we let someone go in this life from our experiences, being able to see them face to face, as hard as that is, there is a blessing and promise in Scripture that reminds us that person who loved the Lord, who was washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, standing in the grace of the Lord, Psalm 116, 15, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And I want to remind his children, his grandchildren and family of that, that during today and the days ahead, when you will reflect a lot... And through the years that you'll look back with those great memories, how blessed you were to have had a father, a grandfather, and even a great-grandfather that loved you, that cared about you, and what peace you should have from knowing that he loved Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for being here to support the Bremer family. You pair a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord. Psalm 23, a psalm that God's people know so well, that reminds us whether in life or in death there is blessing and comfort and peace from walking with God. On May 25th, William M. Bremer was freed from the bonds of his illness at the age of 75, and he went home to be with his Heavenly Father. He was born April 18th, 1943, in East Lansing, Michigan, and attended East Lansing schools. Michigan State University and Wayne State University Law School. He practiced as an attorney in the Grand Rapids area for nearly 50 years. Bill was an avid golfer, a wonderful storyteller, patient and loving, and deeply rooted in his faith. He was predeceased by his parents, Nina Bremer and Colonel Ernest K. Bremer, U.S. Army. Stepmothers Dottie Brimmer and Jane Brimmer, his wife Connie Brimmer, and his sister Juliana B. Miller. He will be deeply missed by his family, including his sister Carol and Lyle Thomas of Perry, stepbrother Thomas Kutzer of Alexandria, Virginia, and John Daughtery of Frankfurt, stepsister and Daughtery of San Francisco. His children, Lisa and David Hample, Deborah and David Brimmer-Leon, and Kathy Holzgen. Grandchildren, Breton Alex Hample, Christian Hample, Kathleen Holzgen, Rebecca Holzgen, Emily Alton, and Nathan Alton, and great-grandchildren, Aubrey and Kinsley Hample. As we uh, continue in our remembrance of bill one of his favorite songs we're now going to play and we're going to ask you as the family has requested to sing along if you would would you please stand and we will sing on eagle's wings it was one of bill's favorite songs member, Jim Gingrich, to share a few thoughts, and he will lead us in prayer.
2: My wife, Carol, and I have known the Bramers since girls were little. I won't say how long ago that was. But what a joy to know William Bill Bramer, friend to all, always smiling, ready for a conversation. Bill's voice I will never forget. Welcoming, friendly, never arrogant, firm and determined when it needed to be. My one regret is not having heard him try a case, although I had fond glimpses of what that might have been like on occasion in elders' meetings. <laughs> um, impressive is my description. But also there was a gentle way he would listen and speak with others. Especially our youngest daughter, Wendy. Who was autistic, and as many of you know, quite a talker in her own right. And when they got going on the Spartans versus Wolverines, watch out. (laughs) Gary Warren, the longtime member of this church, reminded me the other day of the many great moments we had together with Bill, singing bass in the church choir. He was always aware of the Holy Spirit's working among us when we sang. The moments we were uh, too choked up to sing the words, just like that. And the joy of praising God with our voices. Shall we now go to our Father in prayer? Dear Lord, Almighty God and Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, our Savior, and Holy Spirit, our Comforter, we praise you today for the life of Bill Bramer on behalf of his beautiful daughters and their families, other precious family members, loved ones, and friends. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege and joy of knowing and loving our brother in Christ. We thank you also for his service to Kentwood Christian Church as an elder counselor choir member and friend to all we praise you lord for eternally healing him of all diseases by your amazing grace for renewing his strength and for giving him a life in heaven a perfect life more than we can even imagine free from sin and separation which is promised to all who believe in jesus We call upon you, Lord, today to comfort us in our sadness, to heal our broken hearts, to remind us always of the best memories and times together, our sometimes lengthy conversations with him about his Spartans, his legal cases, his golf games, the church, religious music, and scriptures, and especially with his beloved Connie, his daughters, and family. Father, may we all be comforted, strengthened, and renewed today. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Having done funeral services for now well over 30 years, one of the things that I really want to stress today is that it is a celebration of life service. And you know, you can celebrate most people's lives to some degree, but to celebrate a life that was still living in faith when that individual died is a celebration only God's elect enjoy. And it is really the tone that the Spirit places in our heart that we can have joy in the sadness that we feel. We are here to celebrate Bill's life, but to truly celebrate that he's finally home and that his struggle is over and that he is with the Lord experiencing a full reward of Putting faith in the Lord, and so there's many things that uh, we're going to share about Bill, like Jim did. It really gives us a sense of who he was. But one person that uh, gave me some things to share was Bill's sister Carol, and I want to honor her request and and share some thoughts so that you get to know Bill a little bit better. She says, "I think it would take, take columns and columns to write all the sweet, funny things." about Bill's persona and how he interacted and the memories with others. And Carol says she wants people to know that she asked her brother to walk her down the aisle at her wedding, and he did. And that was the beginning, she said, really of many roles that he had played in her life. She says, I do have some wonderful memories uh, Bill was 18 or 19 years old, she says, when the Brimmer grandparents had hit a time in their health that they were struggling, and they both were in and out collectively of the hospitals. And Bill chose to move in with them at that young age and take care of them until they recovered. And then he went on with his life. But Carol says when most young men at that age would have been focused only on their life, what they want to accomplish and to do. She said Bill was just an upstanding, mature, fun-loving young man that had his priorities right at an early stage of his life. She said he never told me no. Now, Carol, that's a tough one to believe because uh, uh, most of us, And our siblings, we say no all the time. But what a wonderful thing to have a brother that cared about you that much that you can really say he never told you no. When you wanted to tag along with him on his paper route, you were five years younger than he was. He was your all-knowing big brother, you said. But the games that he would play with you for hours upon hours had one such game called Sassafras, where Bill would get down on his hands and knees and put a penny behind him, and, and then his sister would try to get that penny, and one time he knocked her tooth out of his shoulder playing that game, and she says, and I don't think my tooth was even loose. So, you know, it's, it's great to see that, you know, that part of Bill's life that most of us wouldn't know from his childhood with his sister She said, we had a large variety of pets through the years, dogs, cats, birds, gerbils, guinea pigs, and once a large snapping turtle that Bill got home from Red Cedar River that lived in the bathtub for four days. All I can say is he had an understanding mom and dad too, right? When someone needed to use the bathroom, the turtle would have to be put in a pail. It would barely fit in the pail, but Bill was always called to put it in the pail. Whenever they would name the name of their pet animals, the sisters would pick one name, Bill would pick the other, and they would battle back and forth for days to try to see who would win out. And Carol says, it was always Bill. They finally gave in, and he would smile just like a Cheshire cat and just have a big grin on his face. He called it passive resistance, and she learned that it worked. The last thing she says, believe it or not, the Christmas story that we all love so well, she said, lived in our home in 1950s. I remember Bill pleading with our mom for a BB gun. And believe it or not, her response was, guns of any type are dangerous. You could accidentally shoot someone's eye out. No, no, no. But finally, they agreed because Bill just kept asking for it. And they put up a mattress in the basement and pinned a target on it. And that's where he shot his BB gun, in the basement. But she said, no moving targets, no bad guys or mountain lions in the basement. So maybe it wasn't the thrill that Bill was hoping for. Bill's daughter, Lisa, she says, I remember playing golf with my dad the day before I had my first child, Breton. I was 9 months pregnant and we played 18 holes and we walked and carried our clubs. My dad and husband were the only ones that made it to the hospital in time to be with me. I remember being so glad that he was there. What a what a memory Lisa to have. But that's maybe your dad was wanting to get that baby, you know, coming along a little sooner. Lisa says he loved his grandkids so much. Dad and my son, Christian, had a close relationship. Christian serves in the U.S. Navy as a rescue swimmer, and he really wanted to be here but could not get released because they have to have two swimmers on the ship at all time. And so uh, Christian is joining us Facebook Live right now, and uh, our prayers are with you, Christian, and we wish you were here. And uh, it's a wonderful thing to have had that kind of relationship with your grandfather So God bless you and stay safe. Lisa goes on to say, last summer I invited my dad to go to the zoo with my grandkids and me. And she said that's one of the best days that she can remember. Dad had so much fun watching the girls and the reaction to animals. He was patient with them and just went with the flow. He noticed that she would count the steps as they would go up them and that she would Tell the grandkids the names of the animals and special things of what the animals ate. And Bill told her how good of a grandma that she was. And that was very, very special. Because Bill knew that uh, she was feeding their hungry little brains in his words. Lisa says, he was an encouragement to me. Working with him has been the loveliest blessing in my life, she says. I remember years ago praying that God would not take him anytime soon. And I would like to say, Lisa, God honored that request. So praise the Lord for giving you more time and your family with him. And you wanted to have him with you longer because you wanted to learn so much from him. You knew that he was amazing with people. He was respectful and kind. He never had an unkind word to say, and I know that's true. He didn't judge. He was a gentleman in every way possible, and he was genuine, and you say, I've known few men like that, and your family has been blessed, and you have as well. Just on a personal note, as I thought about my relationship with Bill, about every three months, we would go to to Logan's, and he would just sort of want to Pick my mind and see how things were going. There to encourage. Can he help in any way? And always, always bought the meal and just you know just made you feel like everything that he was asking you that he just really genuinely had an interest in. But Bill was kind and thoughtful. He was a loyal friend. I know through his conversation personally, he loved his family. He was an avid. Golfer, there is a picture out here on the picture board where he looks like he's about ten foot down in a trap, knocking, going to chip that. He was sort of famous for his chip shot, and everyone says he was an incredible uh, golfer. I know that he had an incredible memory and was truly a wonderful storyteller. He could remember a story and the details of the story, and it was very interesting to hear him share stories. I know years ago when a small group that he was a part of, uh, one of our elders asked him the question, Bill, you've got a great story about everything. Let us just pick something out of the air and see if you have a story about it. And they said, tell it, do you have a story about an elephant? And evidently he had a case about an elephant and he went into it and it was just like they just cracked up. He had a story and had experienced so many great things in life. He was thoughtful and encouraging to people. He was soft-spoken. When you asked him a question, you knew that he was giving you the answer that he believed in his heart to be right and true. And when he asked you a question, you knew that he genuinely cared. He asked me questions all the time about my wife, how's she doing, how's her heart, how's the medication. He asked questions about John Barons, about Daphne Stearns, anybody that was sick, always asking questions, even asking questions when I was over there during the last few weeks of his life, how are these other people doing. He really was compassionate, empathetic, and caring. I know he was a good lawyer. I know he was considerate to all people. He represented on both sides, even those that he didn't represent. I think Lisa shared with me, in some of the cases, it would be real intense, and he would walk over to the other table and said, Look, I know you hate me right now, but uh, I understand what you're going through, and we just want things to be done right and fair, and for people to get justice. So, in a sense... He was following God's lead of justice as he represented his client. And, you know, that's a rare thing in today's world. Uh, he was so good at discerning truth in situations. He was a just man. He had a wonderful smile. But, you know, as far as church experience, probably the one thing that stands out the most in our conversations together was Bill loved the young people of the church. And he would often say to me, you know, sometimes as we get older, and he was always gracious, people become little bit sticks in the mud and little fuddy duds, and they want it their way, completely their way. And us older people, you know, we've got to be, you know, really encouraging to the young people, not that we change the conservative, truthful message and the foundational principles of God's word, but we've got to be able to reach the young people and uh, relate to them and and make worship and church life something that they will enjoy as well. And at those Logan's dinners, it's like, do I need to talk anybody for you? Like, I'll be glad to do it. And it's like, yeah, Bill, we, I'd appreciate that. And, and he had the words and would do the best he could and was always on it. He loved the Lord's church and was deeply appreciative and supportive of the Kentwood Christian Church family. About uh, four or five weeks ago, I was blessed with the opportunity to take some food over to him, and he wanted unsweet tea, and we sat down around his table and his chairs and, and talked for a while. And he said, you know, this is really the way the church is supposed to work. I feel like my church family is uh, supportive of me and my family. And, uh, you know, that makes you feel good when someone who's experiencing, you know, those, those final times and days of their life as they're struggling and their health is failing to feel that peace like their church family is a blessing to them. And, and so I am, I'm, I'm proud of this Kentwood Christian Church family. He was a valuable member of the small group Faith Keepers. Was there any and every time that he could be there? And in our Bible discussion, he would always contribute and give you great things to think about. He served in this church as an elder for, for many years. He sang in the church choir also for many years. He was faithful in his attendance and, most importantly, faithful to his God. Bill had a strong faith in Jesus and a belief that the Bible was the word of God, that it was authoritative, it was for all times and for all mankind. Bill believed wholeheartedly in the scriptures and he put his trust in Jesus' promise that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, the family wanted me to stress throughout my message about Bill that that is truly the foundation of his life. And there's many of you here I don't know, I don't know where you stand with God, don't know how you feel about God. But I do know that God loves you very, very much no matter how you feel about him. And I know Bill to be a wise man, a very wise and knowledgeable man. And he believed the promise of Jesus Christ. That by believing in him, you could have the hope and the promise of eternal life. So I would say to the grandkids that I don't know very well, look to your grandpa's life. Look how he lived it. And if you're living your life to glorify the Lord in your daily walk, praise God. But if you're not, consider the words and life of your grandfather. Because eternal life is promised for those and only those who believe in Jesus Christ. Maybe you worked with Bill. Maybe you're just a friend of Bill. But the family wants you to know this is what he believed. And I know it's true because he told me many, many times the comfort that that decision had brought to him in his life. I would say to the family to remember John chapter 11, verse 25, through your pain and grief, when Jesus was with Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus had died, and when they finally are with him, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And he asks the questions, do you believe this? And the answer was yes. And I hope today your answer is yes. And if you know that it's not, that you will at least consider a life of serving Jesus as you call out to the Lord for his guiding hand for your life. I would want to say to you, Bill is not dead. He's just not here with us. Jesus says in John 14, 19, Because I live, so also so shall you live. What a promise. Bill is not dead. He is just not here with us. And in time, we will be with Bill and our Lord or not by the choice that we make in this life. I think the loss of someone we love is the most painful and difficult experience to go through. I've lost people as well. My parents are gone. I lost a brother at a young age. But I cling to the promise of Jesus as he speaks to the disciples in John 14, 1. And he says to them, as he's told them, I'm leaving you and going to the Father. Not let your hearts be troubled. So Lisa, Deborah, Kat, family... Take courage. Bill is safe and sound in the hand of God, rejoicing with loved ones that he's been separated on this side from for so long. Now he has been reunited with them. You believe in God, believe in me also. My house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Jesus answered, because I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one, no one comes to the Father except through me. Bill would never force his opinion on anybody. But as Jim would say, when it came time to get serious, He would speak his truth for himself to whoever. I think Bill, now being in the presence of the Lord, would ask or want you to know, have you put your trust in Jesus? Are you living your life for him? Do you know, beyond a shadow of doubt, Where you're going to spend your eternity. Will it be with the Lord in heaven? Or will it be separated from the God that loves you so much. That he gives you the freedom of choice to choose him or reject him. He won't force you. But his arms are open wide whenever you look to him. And he'll come running to you. When you take the first step in his direction. Bill believed that. Bill was washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, saved by grace through the faith that he put in the Lord, and not by works. He knew that it wasn't by works, but it was a free gift that came from God. Later on, in John 16, Jesus uh, is again talking to the disciples about his departure from this earth. And he says to them several times in a little while, you will see me no longer. And then after a little while, you will see me again. The disciples don't understand it. And finally, Jesus says, I'm going to the Father. I'm going to depart. That is the plan. But you'll see me again. Now, that is true for all of us. Bill has departed. We don't see him here, flesh and blood. But I say to you, in a little while, we will see him again. In a little while, we will see every one of our loved ones again if we've been redeemed and saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. This is the most important and serious decision you can ever make in your life, and it's a decision that you'll make every day to be faithful and obedient, to allow his word to rest deep in your heart, to find yourself standing on his word and living your life by it to glorify him, and the spirit of God will give you strength to walk through anything because God's hand will be holding you through it all. I dare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in the flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed, for the imperishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then what is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is in the law. But thanks be to God. Who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And so Bill knows that in the fullest sense now. And he understood how awesome, how wonderful God really was. So I'm going to invite you to stand one more time. We're going to sing one more song right now. How Great Our Art, this was the second favorite song of Bill. So let us sing together and then Deborah Leone, Bill's daughter, will come forward and share some personal memories.
3: was larger than life to me. He was like a superhero who sung us to sleep at night. He made homemade fr- homemade french fries. Held dance parties in the family room, and he swung us around until none of us could stand up straight. As I grew older, I stopped seeing him so much as a superhero and just saw him as my dad. I certainly took him for granted and tested his patience at times, but I was always proud of him and sought to make him proud of me. As I grew into adulthood, I was able to see Dad as a human being with more facets than just his role as Dad. He was a person with strengths and weaknesses just like the rest of us. But seeing him as a whole human being just made me love him even more. I'll be forever grateful for the traditions that we've shared that I care with my children. The long phone conversations we had, the times spent with him, particularly when he was ill, and the life lessons that he taught me. The first lesson that he taught me was to have no expectations. And Dad did not have expectations. Instead, he lived with expectancy, and that's different. Instead of rigid ideas of what should be, Dad had hope. And he trusted that whatever happened, it would be okay. He was fair, honest, and he did what he believed was right. He was flexible, patient, and understanding. He showed me how to respond instead of react. It was always okay to be yourself with that. I saw that living this way brings peace and joy instead of worry and disappointment. Sometimes it seemed as if he was in his own little world, free from the shoulds that many of us felt. And I'm not going to say that that didn't drive us a little crazy at times, it did. But his example showed me that we don't have control over everything, and that's okay. The next lesson that I learned was that things are just things. We all have poignant moments, especially from childhood, that can help shape our lives and our outlook on life. I recall breaking a dish from a rented cottage one summer. It was an accident, and yet I was mortified because it didn't belong to us and I didn't know what kind of trouble I had caused In hindsight, that seems a little dramatic. But as a kid, you don't understand how these things work. So I told my dad, and his response helped to shape the way that I look at stuff for the rest of my life. that day, I learned that accidents happen. Things are just things. And I started to get an inkling of what grace is. As I grew older, he showed me that sometimes just being there is enough. My mother passed away almost 20 years ago, so for most of my adult life, it was Dad who stood by my side when times were good as well as when things weren't so good. He was quick to share in our joys. He always had our backs. And with his usual unassuming spirit, he made it clear that we were never alone, and he believed in us. The last thing I want to share was also the last lesson that Dad taught me. If you can't live it, you don't really believe it. Dad thought about aging and death sometimes, and he concluded that if we really believe in Jesus and his gift of salvation, then we have no reason to fear death. And believe he did. His trust in God and his example of living without fear has brought me so much comfort over these past months. The last time that I saw Dad, It was earlier in the week before he died. We were going to a medical procedure because he was feeling pretty weak. I wanted to help him out of the car. As I handed my keys to the valet, I told Dad to stay put and I'd meet him on the other side. After his procedure was done, he chuckled and said, You know, Dad, I had to do a double take when you said I'll meet you on the other side. (laughs) I laughed and said, not today, Dad. Not today. Well, I guess that day has come. And all I can say now, Dad, it will be you on the other side.
1: Powerful words, Deborah. One final scripture to cling to for the family and all of us. Psalm 121. I will lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over you will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm and watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and And forevermore, what a wonderful promise that even in the hard times, God's always there. His presence is always close. So lean on the Lord and trust him for your strength to carry you through. We're going to now watch a slideshow and uh, another song that Bill loved, I Am, by Mark Schultz. So as we conclude this celebration of life service in Bill's honor, I just encourage any family member, friend, grandchildren, if there's any way that this church can help you, answer questions, talk to you, please reach out to me, let me know, share with Lisa, Deborah, or or Catherine, because we'll do anything that we can because we loved Bill so much as well. Uh, at this time, I'm going to close in prayer. Then after that prayer, I'm going to ask the family, if they would, to go through those doors. Uh, we're going to have a lunch in. The family has invited you to be a part of that. But we want the family to go through first and to be seated, and then your friends and everyone else will come through to be able to sit and visit with you while we have a meal together. Would you pray with me? Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the hope and the joy that you place in us at the most difficult times. We ask that your loving arms and your presence will be so strong in the family's life that uh, they just will sense that you are there in a mighty way and that they will walk through this with a smile on their face, knowing as Deborah said, there will be a time that they will see Bill again. We praise your name for being a love and good, good, loving and good God. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. We also, Lord, thank you for the food that's been prepared by so many. Let this time at the luncheon be a great time for more people to share memories and fellowship together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.